whatever you tell me to do, you ultimately right. know the provision, you know the plans in front of me, so let me go and submit my will to your Dude. will. All I can say is I, I sat here in this seat or whatever. If it wasn't to hear anything else, it was to hear that, man. Cause I, I'm, that's actually something internally that I've just been personally struggling with where I, it's like I'm hearing it and it's like, dude, you, you got to get to that point. Because when, when you think about where you're at right now, it may, once, once you die to that part, yes. you know, it may be a struggle where it's like, man, you really crave it. But once you know that you're in the will of God, the way that the will of God wants you to be, things, 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 it's just, just like smooth sailing. Never imagined my journey would inspire people all over the world. Hello, my name is Nema and I'm from Zambia. So I love the Dear Future Wifey podcast. For me to see people being so real, so honest, and so true about the real situations in life. Hey, I'm Natalie from Belgium and I would like to, to say thank you. I value your content because it is Christ centered. You have set a standard in love. Dear Future Wifey Podcast has um, opened my understanding. I highly recommend that everyone, whether you're single, you're married, you're divorced, you're widowed, everyone to go follow this podcast. Continue with me as I discover, uncover, and recover love. I'm Latera R. Whitfield, and welcome to the Dear Future Wifey Podcast. Welcome to the Dear Future Wifey Podcast. I'm your host, Lateris R. Whitfield. Hey, if you haven't subscribed to the YouTube channel, make sure you take a moment, subscribe, hit that notification bell so you'll be notified about upcoming uh, episodes, and make sure you share this video. If you're watching this on other platforms, leave a review if that streaming service allows you to do so, and uh, share, share, share so we can get the word out about the Dear Future Wifey Podcast. I know y'all see me rocking uh this this shirt right now this is uh black history month so to pay a little tribute to one of my favorite shows growing up the cosby show if you grew up in the in the 80s then you know that this is uh this is gonna put you in the mind of that Gord, that gordon gertrail that gordon gertrail that uh theo tried to rock uh <laughs> by way of denise uh making him a bootleg version so uh shout out to the cosby show my homeboy Carl Payne was on that show. It's good, one of my closest friends and whatnot. Well, without further ado, I have a, an awesome gentleman on the podcast today. I met him a couple of weeks ago. I mean, as soon as we got on the phone, we hit it off. This brother is full of depth. It's full of transparency and full of authenticity. That's one thing that I uh, really appreciate from him. Um, he is an acclaimed chef. If you are in the Houston area, then you know this brother. If you watch the TV show Ready to Love, then you saw this brother show up as his authentic self and actually show men that they could be vulnerable and can share uh, their emotions. So without further ado, welcome to the Dear Future Wifey podcast. My homie, Edwin Henderson. What's up, bro? What's, What's up? What's going on, brother? Appreciate you for having me on. Edwin, so let me tell you something. On Ready to Love, uh, you, you showed up as your authentic self, huh? I did. I did. 100%. So um, you were very vulnerable on the show. Um, you brought up a lot of 
uh, taboo subject matters where uh, men were, you know, a lot of men are afraid to show their emotions, afraid to show tears uh, on the podcast. We create a safe space for people to show their emotions. I'm very emotional. I let people know that you, I cry. Yeah. You know, when I hurt, I cry. If I didn't cry, then people will die. Oh, so, yeah. Yeah. oh yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> so, so, so let me cry so people don't die. Um, so we're going to call this episode Heal First. Heal first because you said something on the exit of the of Ready to Love that really spoke volumes. Uh, do you know what I'm speaking of? Yeah, when it was just about me uh, taking that opportunity just to um, you know give some self love to myself first before I actually even tried to dive into a relationship. So I definitely remember that moment, and it was uh, it was a very real moment at that at that time. So you said give yourself self love. What do you mean by that? You know, the biggest thing with me is. I am a workaholic, uh, and there are moments where I just will not really stop just to care for myself. I'll do yes. things for other people. I'll go out and I'll serve the homeless. I'll, you know, make sure my son is taken care of, my family is taken care of, and, and anybody that's in need of help. But my thing is that I don't take that moment to step away just to decompress or just to go do something as simple as get a massage or a pedicure or whatever it may be, just to, you know, kind of pamper myself, just to, you know, allow myself that moment of, uh, you know, relaxation. So, so um, it's not just something that you deal with. A lot of men deal with yeah. that. A lot of men always we're taught to to be the providers, the protectors, but we don't take time to nurture ourselves. And that's, that's important for you to say, love myself. Yeah. Uh, what areas or what times in your life do you recollect not loving yourself? You know, I could I could say there are several moments where I just didn't take the moment to love myself because I literally would just kind of get into this workflow um, and would be exhausted, you know, from working so much, but not really stopping to, to take that time to rest because, you know, my, my background from the military uh, and law enforcement has always been that hustle and bustle. You know, I remember when I first went on uh, patrol, you know, you, you are a rookie on the street and the biggest thing that they always say is just get out there and, uh, you know, they kind of say they always use the term hump it. Get out there and just take as many calls as you can. Uh, don't 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 worry about what just get out there and answer the calls and, and, and kind of make a name for yourself that way as that 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 hard worker. Uh, and then also growing up in. So you was out there, you was, you, you was humping out I, there. I, I was out there taking every single call. Like you, you could literally look at the, the MDT system, the computer system in the car. Um, and, and, you know, a lot of the old heads or whatever, they're just certain calls that they wouldn't take yeah. because they felt like they had the seniority. But you running out but there I, taking I'm, all run, I'm running out there taking all of them. I actually, most of the, the calls that I would take, um, and, you know, I always would pride myself on situations like this, is that if it was a homicide or if it was something that I had to work in, in, in regards to that, I would do 90% of the work. So by the time the detective came on the scene, he didn't have much to do. I literally handed over my notes to him, and they would finish off the scene. But it was more things. So they liked you, huh? Absolutely. Absolutely <laughs> loved me. They said, where, 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 where's Edwin at? Yeah. yeah, we want to take a call that Edwin already had surveyed. So that's, yeah. that's, that's pretty dope. So you said after that, uh, continue. You said now in, in law enforcement, uh, you spent time in the military. Um, and then as a chef, are you not taking care of yourself or was there's moments where you just became a workaholic where you're not, it, doing it that just even? becomes that moment. I become a workaholic. Like even right now, like I even found myself getting sucked back into that flow because right now after being on the show, you, you hot I, right I, now. I, I'm, I'm telling you, you my, my, my inbox is blowing yeah. up. 
Uh, my DMs are full. Both ways. You're getting my, business <laughs> and, you, and girls trying to give you the business. And, and both, both, <laughs> I'm getting business and girls are trying to give me the business. And it's like, you know, uh, you know, they say some some women are trying to throw it at they me, but you, can't, throw you gotta it throw it. You gotta throw it, it back. back. Oh, hot <laughs> like, potato. Hot potato. You can't. You can't. You can't take everybody's potato. Uh, so, you know, it's one of those things where I, uh, you know, I honestly like this past weekend. I uh, I'm actually getting ready to start a series where I'm going to partner with three different yoga instructors in the city of Houston, uh, and it's going to be a part of my self care to where I actually schedule it because I can tell you this is that. If I don't schedule time for myself, you won't take I time. won't take the time. Yeah. I will literally take every private chef experience. I will try to do every job that there possibly is out there. And so I, I had to remind myself, like, Edwin, if you don't put this in your calendar like you do everything else, you won't ever do it. So Saturday I did a mini yoga session uh, so she could take an assessment of, you know, you know what kind of program she was going to set up. Uh, but I want to make other people a part of it because I realize if I'm having the same struggle – uh, other men are having the same issue as well, and I feel if I actually put it out there uh, and allow others to view it, maybe they'll they'll be inspired to be able to do the same for themselves. So, was that first was that seed first planted on the show when you did the yoga with Joy? I would honestly say yeah, because I and, and that that was a dynamic date between Joy uh, and I. I. I when I first got on the resort, the first thing I came to mind was I'm like, this would be a lovely place to do yoga because I'm just I'm absolutely enamored with. Uh, scenery and just the beauty of God's nature. Yes, uh, it was a very peaceful area, um, and so when I when I first put it out to the producers, they said, "Well, I think we can make that happen." And this is long before oh, I wow. ever long before I ever knew that Joy and I were going to connect that way. Um, they just was like, "You know, we could potentially set up a date like that for you." And so when they came back to me and they said, "Oh, you know what." You enjoy getting ready to go on a yoga date. I'm like, "Word, <laughs> like, thank you, like thank you." Like we, like, they had a little diagram set up for me. I always had a little date bag because Joy always knew I carried incense, candles. <laughs> he um, said you had a date bag. I had my little ring pop in there for. Her. <laughs> I, had, I, had a, I had a little. I had a Capri Sun juice pouch in there. So it was about you know kind of make it romantic and, and fun at the same time. He said Capri. I, I had all of that, and so when we did it, I, I can honestly say being on that resort and it actually even being on the show has really compelled me. To take that time because I know yeah. Joy talks about it. Winter talks about it quite a bit. Um, what do they say? Just talking about self care as, as a whole. Like she's always any any of our videos that she posts on IG uh, is always in regards to self love and taking care of yourself uh, and just making that time and then also being able to forgive yourself. I think that's been the biggest thing that I've gotten yes. uh, from a lot of different ones on the show is about forgiving yourself in certain situations. Because I'm very hard on myself. I will be so hard on myself, and sometimes you have to step back and say, you know what? But you're further along, not necessarily in comparison to most, but you have to give yourself credit for the the, the things that you have done. There it is. That, there it that, is. That's the biggest thing is giving yourself credit. Because if you don't give if you don't give yourself credit, you'll constantly always look at situations and say, "Oh, I'm not doing enough," and I'm not I doing enough. I can do better. I can do and, better. And I, exactly. Pat yourself on the back and say, "I made it. I'm a whole lot farther further than where I started." Exactly. And that and that's the biggest thing is where I'm at. I said to myself, "I may not necessarily be where I ideally should be." But I'm a hell of a lot farther than what where I was before. When you look at um, the subject matter of love or the desire of love, do you want to be married? I do. I, I absolutely want to be married. You already have a, you have one child. Are you open to having more? I am. I am open to having another child. So when you come to the table, you say, "Hey, I'm a man that um, that's not oblivious about my flaws." Um, we ha- we've had talks. You're a Christian man, right? Yes, I am. So you're a Christian man. You're a believer. You're singing the choir at the church. 
Uh, so you're active. You're yeah. just not somebody that goes to church. You're active in church, and uh, you have strong accountability partners around. I gleaned that from you through a conversation uh, with your connection with yeah. Pastor uh, Oversight. And so what are you looking for in a woman, and why do you feel like you haven't found that yet? I would say the biggest thing that I'm looking for um, in a woman first is, 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 is a friend. You know, I think once you can establish just a good friendship with somebody and you yes. have somebody that you just know that if anything arises in that relationship, whether it be you all getting into an argument or whatever, this is still my friend. This is somebody that I, I confide in, somebody yeah. that uh, I can express my thoughts to and that, that can be open and honest with me. Uh, but you also want somebody that is a support system and somebody that can push you and propel you to the next level. Because yeah. when I think about the dynamic of a relationship and, and I think about, honestly, how God created relationship to be, that although, you know, you may have the structure where the man is the head and then, and then you know, it's, it's supposed to be God, the man, you know, the, the, your wife and your family. Uh, I also look at it that it all plays in a cohesive, you know, unit if it's done properly. Yes. Because I think in relationships, a lot of men will look like, oh, I'm the head and I'm this and they're ruling with an iron fist. Yeah. And that's not the way God intended it to be. So I want to be able to pour my heart into the woman that I'm with. And so in return, she's going to do the same thing. And so it becomes this, it's almost like when you think about the ecosystem yes. and, and it, 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 and the ecosystem, the way God set it up is that it just, it, it, it works. We don't know. It, we see how it works. <laughs> Sometimes we're at odds how it works, but it works. And then when something comes in and disrupts it, disrupts it it's all out of whack. And yeah. so when you think about the dynamic of relationship, the dynamic of family, those are the areas or whatever that I, th I feel like sometimes that the enemy is trying to truly destroy by, by making interjections and coming in in various different ways. One thousand percent. Yeah. One thousand percent. So what is what's what's what are you looking forward to the most with getting married? I would say that the, the biggest thing I'm looking forward to the most is just is that opportunity to be able to build with somebody. Yes. I, it's something that I it, it's, it's a beauty in. Especially when I when I look at older couples that have been, you know, together for a while, you know, I look at it and I don't look at it and just say, oh, they're just such a, an amazing looking couple. I think about they've been through some stuff. A whole lot. They've been through a whole lot of stuff, but they've endured the test of times because that's just relationship. And that lets you know that, that, that they're in tune to one another. And yes. so I think the biggest thing with me is just that opportunity to build and that opportunity just to, to have somebody that I can just have fun with and laugh with. And that, you know, when I come home from a long day of, of private chef work or whatever it is I'm doing, that this becomes this person, this place of peace for me. Yes. That's the biggest thing. Cause sometimes I've been in relationships where you don't want to come home. I didn't want to come home. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I did not want to come home at all. Yeah. So, you know, to have that moment of being able to come home and just to, to have a place of rest. Yes. I, I think honestly, and, and I always jokingly say this, that, yeah, you know, I, I feel like I have decorating skills a little bit. You know, I have that, that artistic side of yeah. me. But at the same time, my home still isn't like the same way that a woman typically can do Of course it. not. Like you can walk into a woman's home that's just single, and I'm just like. Wow, it's like, like y'all exactly. put a lot of work in this. You so, got interior decorators you know, on? When you know, when you have that, and when you have somebody that, even when you feel that element of peace of just walking into their home, that makes you think, Man, how much more could this be in a, in a relationship? That I can have it 24 hours 24 a day. 24 hours a day. And see, that's what women have to understand is that, and I talk about this in the past, is that um, the reason why Delilah got Samson is because in the Bible says Samson found a safe place to lay his head. Mm -hmm. And I said, how strange is that, that Samson found that as a safe place to, to lay his head when every time he opened his eyes up, everything that he said to Delilah, 
you know, she would manifest by mm-hmm. having people try to tie them up or whatnot. Right. And but it was still a safe space. Now, I believe that Samson was dealing with a straight Jezebel spirit. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the fact that the Bible says a safe space, that's what men want. Men need a safe yeah. place. We don't need all that nagging. Yeah. You know, we need women that edifies us with our words. If we do something that, that they don't like, they have a problem with, that they're able to craft the, the phrase to get us yeah, to do exactly. it without saying, see, what, what, what you're not going to do is such, such, such. Just say, hey, baby, you know what? I really love it when you do X, Y, Z. Then he goes, oh, okay. Now, I hate it when you do such yeah, and such. Yeah. I really love it when you do this. Yeah. Um, and that takes a lot of work. Uh, you said something that I definitely don't want to just glaze over. You said the work that you did in the military. First of all, shout out to you for uh, protecting us because I'm one of those people. I could you couldn't you couldn't pay me to go to military, yeah. uh, but I always applied uh, men and women who actually put our lives before theirs and go fight for our country. So um, touch touch on that. What what years did you spend in the military? And you talked about suffering from PTSD. Yeah. Um, so so touch on that. So I uh, I signed up in the military actually when I was in my uh, my final year at Bible college. So I was using Bible college. Yeah, most I didn't t- I didn't talk a lot about that. Nobody I don't think I even spoke about it on the show. Like I know KG talked about. Uh, I think he had, he was a deacon or something like that in a while. <laughs> but I actually I was in school for ministry and uh, and I was actually going through our, uh, the youth ministry program at the time. And so I joined. Uh, I graduated there in '99, and then as soon as I graduated, I came back home. Uh, and I did a lateral transfer because I swore in initially uh, in Oklahoma City MEPS. And I came back to Houston, got all my things dropped off, and headed off to basic training, uh, Fort Jackson, South Carolina. Uh, <laughs> and then I went to Fort Lee, Virginia. But, yeah, I was in from 99 until uh, 2008, I think, is when I completely ETS. Uh, because then at that time, I was at the sheriff's department. Uh, Hold on. First of all, people think that you're a lot older than what you are. They look at you, they think <laughs> you're in your 50s and all right, that type yeah. of stuff. Tell these people how old you are. So uh, I am 40 years old. I, uh, you know, a lot of people, I've, I've seen a lot of things on <laughs> social media. There's literally been posts that have been made in regards to my age. Uh, as you can see, my beard has been shaved down a little bit more because uh, periodically I will take it off. But I'm 40 years old, September 4th, 1980. Yeah. Uh, I am a Virgo. So, uh, yeah. But I, I'm not as old as some of you all think. So. I, this is what getting shot at does to you, I think. <laughs> you know, when, when you get shot at so much, uh, you know, unfortunately, I didn't have a lot. I didn't have a beard or anything like that on the military side. Yeah. But the gray hair started coming in started my head. Started coming in all that stress. And, and when I was in law enforcement, they used to call me Silver Striker uh, because I used to have a little gray streak in my head. So you talking about when you were like, you were in law enforcement, what, about 35? I was uh, in law enforcement actually when I was 25. Oh, way back yeah, then? Yeah, yeah, I was 25. I was a lot, lot younger because at that point in time, I'd already transitioned to the reserve side in the military. So I was, I was, I was, early. Yeah, I was, I was 25 years old. You had gray. And, I, and I, had, I had gray already. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so your time in the military, uh, you said you, you suffer from PTSD. Yeah. Um, talk on that because we're talking about healing. We're yeah. talking about healing first uh, and Oftentimes in the African-American communities, we don't spend enough time yeah. talking about mental health. And I was so glad that you brought that up yeah. on the show uh, because now you create a space for people to talk about that. So um, talk about your, your struggle or your battle with PTSD. So my, uh, my, my struggle with PTSD, it, it first started when I got back from Iraq in 2004. Um, I hadn't identified that it was PTSD. I just knew that um, I had this inability to sleep. Uh, that I would wake up with 
uh, a lot of times into these night trimmers where I would have uh, like explosions and different things of that nature, but I wasn't associating it with, with PTSD yeah. at the time. Uh, and a young lady that I was dating, um, you know, suggested, she was like, I think this may be something in regards to you, you know, in your military time. So uh, she's actually the one that called the VA hospital, first scheduled appointment for me. Uh, I go and they do their assessment and they say, oh, you don't have PTSD. You just have symptoms of PTSD. And I say, well, if I got symptoms of PTSD, <laughs> wouldn't you think that I have PTSD? Because that don't make any sense. Like I, I'm, I'm having these night tremors. I'm I'm waking up at three o'clock in the morning every single night, curling up in a fetal position. Uh, I, I found myself, especially in large crowds around that time, uh, I did not like being in large crowds. So I was always kind of like, you know, looking around, um, you know, checking my back. You know, if I heard a loud noise, I was always startled by it. Uh, and so once they finally diagnosed the PTSD, um, they prescribed me some medication that honestly I stopped taking. Um, it made me very lethargic. It put me into like a deep sleep to a point where it was almost as if I was in, internally awake, but my body was still asleep. And I'm really? almost looking at myself, like trying to wake myself up. And I was like, no, I can't, I can't take this anymore. Uh, and so I had to start finding other avenues to be able to, to deal with it. I first had to stop watching military movies. I'm a military movie person. Uh, and I realized that sometimes after watching those movies, that's when that was a trigger for me. Yeah. So I had to completely remove myself from military movies. I'm better now to where I can watch it and not necessarily have the issue yeah. happen. Yeah. But I, at that particular time when it was so close, I couldn't do it. Um, and so a part of my, I started working for a nonprofit organization. Uh, and, the, and the premise of this organization was that um, we would go out and serve the inner city communities that were, were underserved. Um, in a lot of areas in Houston and then outside of, of Houston, and I would cover the central region. So I would fly to these areas and create these service uh, opportunities for our veterans. But it not only served the purpose of helping veterans, but it also served the community. So it brought the community together and gave them engagement and took ownership of their area at the same time working with a veteran that's been in combat. And so that became therapeutic. And when that's I noticed good. that it started working in me, I was, I was 100% all in in regards to making sure that I share this with other veterans. Like, hey, I know you don't, you know, may not want to come out or want to be in a crowd, but I promise you that if you come out and you see what it is we're doing and you see the effect that it's having on the people in this community, I promise you to change your life. And, I, and, and I'm honestly, Wounded Warrior Project is the first organization that connected me with I've this heard nonprofit. About that. So Wounded Warrior Project, I'm forever indebted with them because I first started with their physical health and wellness program. Uh, and so there was a young lady named uh, Jackie Cantu, uh, forever indebted to her. And she, you know, just a great hearted, great spirited person um, that you can tell. And she wasn't even a veteran. Worked for an organization. Uh, and you can sense her heart was just for helping veterans. And so connecting with her uh, and then various other different individuals that, you know, when I was looking for a job at the time, uh, a guy named Rudy uh, connected me in the Warriors of Rope program. And so the relationships that I built there, it pushed me into the nonprofit sector. And then that nonprofit and the experience and the things that we did out there became healing for me. So serving the community and, and and being able to help people that are less fortunate, not in the sense of, oh, I'm doing good and, and this is a pity party for you. And yeah. I know this yeah. is all this is all about, this is what God mandated us to do anyway. Yes. And that's yes. why I'm, I'm so um, engrossed and I always try to encourage people that although the service industry may not be your industry, yes. it may not, but God has always given, a, given each and every one of us a heart of compassion. Yes. So it should always be within our means to be able to help somebody, yes. uh, to be able to, you know, do what we can do because our, our own personal experiences 
are not just for us. And the moment that we can identify that and realize that, the better off we'll be is that don't be ashamed about what you went in or yeah. what you dealt with. Don't be ashamed yes. because you got terminated from this job. Yes. This, what you what you learn from that is going to help somebody else if you're willing to be able to share that story. There it is. That's what this whole podcast is about: is me transparently allowing people an inside look on what it what a single man goes through uh, before. Um, taking on a wife. Yeah. And so I, I literally allow people to go on my journey as I discover, uncover, and recover love. Hey, if that, if that, my headphones, take the headphones off because you keep trying to straighten it up. And I want you to keep that hat on. So we're going to, we're going to, we're going to put that. You're the first person that don't need to have a, the headphones. I want you to rock that All hat. Right, right, right. I want you to rock that hat so you can be 100% comfortable. Um, another thing I want to talk about. So while, while you were dating, uh, you know, at the the zenith, the top, the point of uh, struggling with PTSD, how did that play or how did that affect your relationships? I would say the, the PTSD affected it because I was not uh, as open uh, in regards to sharing my thoughts and feelings. Like now I, I feel like I'm at a better place where I'm the older that you get, the more yeah. you start identifying. Yeah. Like, look, you know, you being transparent, no you, you basically get to a point, like especially like when people say, <laughs> You know, and maybe it happened before 40, but like something happened at 40. And I turned 40 when I was on the show. <laughs> it's to a point where it's like, you know what? I'm like, grown. Like, I'm grown. Exactly <laughs> what it is. Like, I, I don't give a hoot what anybody else thinks about what's exactly. going on because this is my journey. And, and, yes. and when you think about life and you identify it as a journey and you look at it like when you think about a marathon. I ran my first marathon uh, three years ago. Never in a million years would have ever considered doing it. <laughs> I'd done a half marathon. I'd done Tough mutters, all those. But I never saw myself running 26.2 miles. <sighs> but it was almost as if God was saying to me, you're going to learn something on this run. And it hurt. I'm telling you, like, I started off fine. The first, you know, 13 miles or whatever, I'm doing good. And then that second half, I started seeing that, okay, now it's going to be – now it's really hitting the fan. Uh, but he taught me that – each person that's running this journey right now, they're not competing with anybody else. They're competing, they're, they're, with, they're themselves. competing with themselves. I met a group of uh, you know older uh, ladies that were a group of four ladies, and they would run three minutes, walk three minutes, run three minutes, walk three minutes. I met another group of young men or whatever, older gentlemen. Uh, they would kind of do, they would kind of have the same kind of method. Uh, and you had some that would just power walk it the whole time. So everybody had their own method to make it to the finish line, but the objective was making it to that finish line. And Talk so, about it. Even through the pain, and that, that was like literally a one mile away from me finishing this marathon, I get the worst cramp ever. And a paramedic sees me. She comes over and she rubs uh, like some it's like icy hot or something like that with that, that released the, the cramp in my leg. Uh, but I basically hobbled my way in, and it was almost like this is the equivalent of life because mm. life will throw some curveballs at you that will hurt you, and sometimes you got to just hobble just to yeah. move forward. And as you're moving forward, it's like God is saying, I'm going to strengthen you. I'm going to yes. strengthen you. I'm going to help you make it to the end. And you have to have that tenacity uh, on the inside to be able to make it happen. But I would say to, to answer your question on, on the PTSD part is that it just affected me because I just wasn't open. Uh, I, I did find myself to be agitated about a lot of things at that yeah. time, it, especially when I was very, very close, uh, you know, coming back from Iraq. 
Uh, it was just this irritation level because a lot of times, you, you know, you're accustomed to the military way of doing things. And when you deal with the civilian side where they don't have that mentality, like we just like to get it done. Yeah. We ain't got no time for the, you know, all, all this and that. All this. Like I, I talked to an employer today because in the midst of what I do, I also help veterans find employment. So the guy was like, man, I really want to hire veterans. I really want to, you know, that mindset because there is a, a certain mindset that comes along yeah. uh, with the person that has served in the military, and especially somebody that's been deployed yeah. uh, in combat. Once you once you've been in combat, like I, I was joking the other day, somebody was like, oh, can you really, really drive? I say, look, I said, I didn't driven in combat and I've driven as a law enforcement officer. Yeah, I can drive. <laughs> So I know texting and driving ain't the best thing to do, but I tell people all day long, I say I used to use a computer yeah, when I was driving because you had to be able to get updates or whatever. That was yeah. on a call. So um, computer. that's just been that's just been the journey, man. It's, it's you know, it's, it's you may get hurt along the way, but you've got to keep moving forward because if you sit there and sit still, it's just like water that sits there and becomes stagnated. It becomes unhealthy and, and bad. And starts stinking. And starts stinking. One thing that you said that was powerful along the journey of running the marathon, you said when you got a cramp, somebody came, a medic came, and they began to rub something on you. And as men, we have to be willing to allow people to come help us, whether that's by way of a therapist, whether that's yeah. by way of just family and friends that see something wrong with us and say, hey, let me let me help you a little yeah. bit. Let, let, let me rub that little pain out for yeah. you. Instead, I got it. I'm a grown man. I don't care. I don't care. You know, a lot of men, we operate in such high levels of pride that we're not receptive mm -hmm. to the help that God is trying to bring to us. Dude. And so that's a that's a that's a powerful analogy. That's that's spot truth. on right there, man. Yeah. And actually, when I think about associating that in, in my business right now, like, you know, I think Chefs in the City is is growing. But, you know, I, I just recently connected uh, with a friend of mine that she does, you know, a lot of marketing, different things. And she said, are you ready to release the reins? And when she said, are you ready to release the reins? I kind of smiled at her like, yeah. She said, no, are you really ready to release <laughs> to the reins? Because she knows how I operate. Not that I, you know, you, you get to a point where like this is your baby and you want to nurture it. But you got to get to a point where you are trusting enough yes. to allow other people that got certain skill sets to be able to help manifest the vision that you have. And that's why I feel like it's, it's, it's God is always saying like, look, you're not doing this alone. This journey, yeah, yeah it may be your path and your journey, but I'm going to set people up along that path. It's kind of like that road to Damascus. There's going to be some things that are going to take place on yes. that path that's going to go. And if you're unwilling to allow anybody into your life, it's not going to get there. You're <laughs> going to you're going to remain at a lower level. Exactly. And so when you think about relationship uh, and just us as men as a whole, we also we have a tendency not to want to receive help. Yeah. I've even found myself. I've had people to say, "Hey, I'm I'm able to do this," and it's like in my back of my mind, I'm like, "Do I really want them?" To do this, but <laughs> I, I gotta trust them. I, I, I get on my son about that a lot. He'll he'll be like, "I got it, I got it. no, you don't, son. Let me help you." As a father, I'm right. supposed to help you yeah. at this point. And then sometimes he'll ask for my help. He used to do that a whole lot. Hey, can you help me? And I'd be like, "No, you go figure it out, figure it out." Right. Because I want him to exercise that muscle in exactly. his brain to learn to figure it yeah. out. Because manhood is also a part of figuring out. Oh yeah. When you're raising a family and you just got laid off from your job, you can't come home and be like, "Man." The white man done fired me. Forget them. Exactly, and then you just sit exactly. at home and play video games exactly. all day. You got to figure it out and say, okay, this happened to me. Now, how do I bounce back? How do I figure out how to put food on my table? That's how, that's how my business started. Well, through a termination. Talk about it. I, I literally, I got to, and I'm going to say that the journey that I've been on, I never in a million years would have ever seen myself being terminated um, three different times. It was the most hurtful thing ever uh, because, and this is one, the nonprofit that I was sharing with you that I started working at. And well, the first one actually was I was working in logistics. So I'm, I'm, this is a company that has several chefs 
and we're doing the PGA golf tours. We're doing Circus Soleil. I'm supplying equipment to all these different places. I'm there for a year and a half, July 7th, 2013. That's the first one. Then the next one that comes along, I'm working for the nonprofit, July 7th, 2015. <laughs> so I started thinking to myself, like, like God, what is going on? Like, I'm, I'm, a part of me is questioning, like, why is this taking place? Uh, and it became very hurtful. But through the hurt and the pain, I later discovered that I was only there for a short amount of time. I was there to be able to get that experience that I had Talk to be able to it. sit there and like, literally, I never thought about becoming a chef, but I would go back there and I had love with the chefs where they gave me the key to the freezer. I could go back there or I could go back and watch them. Yeah. Uh, I had the experience of being able to, to deal with 18 wheelers coming in and have shipments go in and out. I got all of this experience through that. Then I go to the nonprofit side and I start thinking about like right now where my heart and my compassion is in regards to the, the certain communities and then the homeless and just being able to help. And I remember starting this initiative, uh, which I haven't started as a nonprofit, but it's called Everyday Hope. And it was a, a, an initiative to be able just to provide hope for people that have given up. And God reminded me that that door closed because I wanted it to close. Now, it may have came through something that, you know, uh, you know, an infraction or maybe something that I may have missed doing. But when I started looking at it as a whole, I'm like, I, I just got a pay raise from this, this organization. <laughs> They've just sent me a letter of a company. Both, actually, both companies had just given me a pay raise. I had just got a letter, you know, stating the letter, we're glad that you're on board and we're looking forward to you being here in the future. And so you're thinking like, okay, I got something that's stable, that's secure. And then all of a sudden it's gone. And I realized that. When a door closes, it's not always closing for the purpose because because on the other side of that door is something greater. Yes. The thing is, we have to continually look at it that yes. way. We have to get through the hurt and pain of what we're dealing with to see that, you know what, this may be a setup by God for you to be able to move into that next area of your life. That's how Chefs in the City came about. It came through the hurt and the pain of what I'm dealing with, but now I see why I had I needed that experience uh, of working with those organizations because it's because it's creating the foundation it's for you to thrive in the gift that God yeah, has given exactly. you for the desire. Uh, it's an amazing thing. I had a conversation with one of my good friends yesterday, and she just got laid off of her job uh, yesterday, yeah. and she had just been celebrated for uh, a great accomplishment that she that that that, that she had uh, not too long ago, and then yesterday she got a call that they're doing a layoff, and yeah. her position was a position that's getting laid off and she was just like she said she was hurt i yeah. said do you realize how awesome this is because mm -hmm. the bible says for i know all things work together for the good of them that love god exactly. and to the called according to his purpose so the way i i i handle what may be considered a setback yeah. is always a comeback it's always a setup for god to open up some doors for me in my life and so i said that to her i had another friend today that's opening up this uh this this girl's home mm -hmm. uh for foster kids and she called me today and she just broke down crying and she was like this investor started out on this role with her and after she literally uh the investor told her to like really um do a complete rehab okay. on the house has basically texted last night and said oh yeah well i'm i have i'm dealing with uh my brother that's fighting for his life right yeah. now i'm not gonna be able to participate and she's like hold on mm -hmm. you just had me tear this whole my whole facility yeah. down for you to say that and so one thing that i always and i, I told the same thing i said listen 
For I know all things work together for the good of them that love God and to the call according to his purpose. And what I've found out in my own life is that those moments, because I've gotten laid off several times yeah. from jo- jobs, and um, but I always recognize, because they always say hindsight is twenty twenty. Exactly, exactly. And so when you look back, you recognize that God literally used that opportunity to set me up for the next opportunity oh, yeah. and set me up for the next opportunity. Uh, I'm with you in the same space that you're at when you're talking about bringing on help yeah. to help elevate you to the next level. About a, couple, about a week ago, I had a conversation with this brand manager mm-hmm. because I want to take everything that I'm doing and take it to the next level because I said I can't do this all by myself. Right, I was exactly. like, it's time for me to grow. And as African-Americans, we're, we we build businesses, but they're just sole proprietorships. Yeah. And in order to elevate to the next level, we got to build some corporations. Exactly, exactly. And so that's where God is really taking me to is saying, now, listen, you got to bring other people in. You got to relinquish control. Yeah. And that's what's going to take you to the next level. So I'm right there. That, with that, you, that's on point right there, man, because I literally explain when I think about me and business. Business. It's like, oh yeah, I I I have a business, but right now yeah. I, I'm the one that's kind of doing everything. I'm the marketing person. I'm the yeah. the publicist. I'm I'm all of these different things. And, and the thing is, God is saying I'm putting people in your path right now. Uh, that's going to be able to get you to that next level because that's where I want you to be. You just got to be trusting enough. And so yes. I made a post on IG yesterday or the day before, and there's a. Uh, somebody sent me a, a screenshot of me, I guess, being at the lake and I had my hands lifted up. And this is right after uh, Joy's sister had passed away, unfortunately. And when I looked at that picture, I, I thought about the picture and what came to mind was that was a moment of surrender. Mm. It was a moment where I lifted my hands because that when you lift, when you think about when you lift your hands, it's like you're basically it's, it's almost just like you're getting recharged from the heavens. But you're yes. saying to God or whatever, like, look, I, I, I need you. And. The biggest thing I've always, the post was in regards to me saying the most difficult thing that I think I've ever had to do in this life is, is to completely surrender. There it is. Because when you completely surrender, it's, it's a whole nother freeing that comes along and almost, you almost have to do it daily yes. because you could find yourself being sucked back in, trying to, to, grab it back. Trying to do everything again. Yeah. It's the same way with forgiveness. When I yes. tell people forgiveness is not for the person, it's for you. Yes. And so when you find yourself walking out of love or, you know, being pissed off about something somebody did that you say that you forgave him about two weeks ago or two <laughs> years ago. Yeah. That means you ha- you have to remind yourself, I made a decision to forgive. To let so when go. I wake up in the morning, I literally have to say to myself, God, thank you for waking me up this morning. I surrender my will for your will. There it is. Because I want my will to be in alignment with what you have going on. And it, sometimes it can be a, 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 a power war. struggle. Yeah, be a We say Jesus, war. take the will, but do we really want nah, Jesus to take nah. the will? You know what I mean? It's like <laughs> when you really say Jesus, take the will, do you really want them to take the wheel or at least have them in a, the passenger seat riding along with you? You know what I mean? Yes. Because, you know, when you're in alignment with what he wants for you, then everything, it, it just fall. It just it just falls into place. You know, Yeah. when you're right on point with that, this season two, uh, I surrendered season two of the podcast to God. And I said, God, you bring the people that you want on the on the podcast. Uh, you make the subject matter, whatever you want yeah. to make it. Uh, the I did an episode called about about to abstinence or vow of abstinence that I did on December the 30th. I, I saw where, part of that one. Man, yeah, yeah, I took yeah, a yeah. vow to say, I'm not having sex with nobody yeah. until I get married. Uh, but if you go back a couple of episodes from that, uh, well, a few episodes here, I was on the podcast talking about with, with Jay Barnett, we were, t- we were discussing how um, I'm literally 
you know, having sex outside of marriage as right. a Christian man and laughing about it and joking, say, hey, this is this is just the season I'm at right, right. now. Yeah, yeah. And then fast forward, God says, I need you to stop all that. Yeah. And then I but that's what surrendering looks yeah, like. Yeah. It's saying, God, listen, I give my will to you yeah. and I cast all my cares on you because you care for me. You know ultimately what's gonna make me a better man, mm-hmm. that's gonna make me a better husband, that's gonna make me a better father. And a man, one thing that I respect about people in the military is y'all understand authority. Yeah. You know how to fall up under the, uh, under authority and y'all are so um inundated with that ideology that you are willing to risk your life yeah. based upon somebody in higher command to tell you hey go do xyz they'll tell you the reason why to do mm-hmm. it and sometimes they don't even tell you the reason you just right, gotta, you gotta, go, you gotta you follow, just gotta, follow the order and go out there and do it <laughs> go out there and do it yeah and, and if we can be that submitted to another man right then why can i be that submitted exactly. to my heavenly father exactly that's powerful right there, man. That, Think about that, it. That I, I like the way that you put that because honestly, I had never really even thought it. I, I've always associated like the love that I have for my son. And I think about if I love my son this much, how much more does our Heavenly Father love us? Yes. But when you gave that example right there, it's like, man, I I took orders from a captain. Yep. No ifs, ands, or buts about <laughs> it. Whether it be I understood it, whether it be I disagreed with it, I followed the orders. And that, 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 that hits true right there, man. That's, because that, you that's, go out and do it. I mean, literally thousands of miles away from yeah. home in the most treacherous situations. Like you said, bombs going off yeah. everywhere. Yeah. You're afraid for your life. And they tell you, go over there and do that. Yeah. And you do it. And you just do it. You don't question it. You be like, oh, okay. And you go do yeah. it. And you know that, hey, I am in this position and I made an oath to give my yeah. life for this yeah. company country and i can't give my sexuality for yeah. my heavenly father that i ultimately going to benefit from anyway yeah. by manifesting the wife that he has desired for me and to put me in the level of self-control to where that i don't step outside of yeah. my marriage like i did in my previous marriage yeah. and so i said god 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 keeps it real with me he said latarius the only way you'll be faithful to your wife unless you first become faithful to me oh, and i said I said, yeah, you told me that the first time. He said, how'd that work out for you? I said, yeah. I, I stepped out and I cheated on my last wife. All right, so are we going to do something different yeah. this time? Well, I mean, but God, you know, on the way to meeting her, like with my wife, when I meet her, then we cannot have sex. Yeah. He said, well, what about the road there? Yeah. What about the hearts that you break? What about the soul ties that you enter mm-hmm. into? What about the women that 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 you sell false hope to by sleeping with them? I know they say they can understand it. I yeah. know that they say they can agree with it. You know, they, they like women Dude, nowadays. You preaching to me is all I can say. Man, let me tell you something because that's, <laughs> that's, that's that's where I man. was. It was yeah, like yeah. God was like I kept saying, well, you know, we've grown. You know, women nowadays they, they you know they build a little differently. Yeah, yeah. If you have a real conversation with them and say, are you down with this? And they say we down. Hey, you know this ain't a relationship. They say cool. And he says, but how has that worked out for you? Right. I mean. Yeah, yeah, I mean, some people will be able to take it and some people it'd be a little drama. Sometimes it'd be a little, you know, whatever. Like, no, I didn't build you like that. Yeah. You're not an F boy. Yeah. yeah you yeah. are a kingdom man. You can't operate under those same principles. Yeah. I got to elevate you to another level and I need you to die to yourself. So mm. surrendering all is dying to yourself and say, God, I'm going to take the order. You're my commander in chief. Whatever you tell me to do, you ultimately right. know the provision. You know the plans in front of me. So let me go and submit my will to your Dude. will. All I can say is I, I sat here in the seat or whatever. If it wasn't to hear anything else, it was to hear that, man. Yeah. I, I'm, that's actually something internally that I've just been personally struggling with where I, it's like I'm hearing it. And it's like, dude, you, you got to get to that point. Because when, when you think about where you're at right now, it may once once you die to that part. Yes. You know, it may be a struggle where it's like, man, you really crave it. But once you know that you're in the will of God, the way that the will of God wants you to be, Shoot. things, 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 things just, just, just like smooth sailing. 
So to hear that and to hear you to share it like that, it's like, I mean, that, that's almost like God saying, dude, I've been telling you this. Now I'm going to tell you this again. <laughs> I'm going to have you come to Dallas. I'm going to put you on the plane. I'm going to put you on the plane to Dallas and come here again. Because the reality is that God told me that free men, free men. And so I couldn't have a conversation like that with somebody if I was in bondage. I'm, I'm not playing church. I'm yeah, not yeah. sitting there telling you what I heard, what I what what. I should say yeah. it's what I lived and I lived in the spirit of rebellion without even thinking that I'm being rebellious. And, and God said, now how's that? And I don't even miss it. Like yeah, I yeah. don't, I've had enough sex in my life to last me for a lifetime. <laughs> and so yeah, yeah. I don't miss it. Right. I'm, I'm literally at a point and what feels so great is being in the will of God yeah. to literally wake up and be like, cause at first I kept saying, no God, what, what am I going to do with these urges I have? I don't even have any urges. Yeah, yeah. You know what I'm saying? It was all these thoughts that I had in my mind leading up to this that it, that was just lies I told myself yeah, yeah. because after walking into it, God has given me the grace yeah, over it. I like that. And that's one thing we have to understand is that God will meet you in the mid, in the point of submission. Right. He will meet you with grace. So at the point of submission, he will meet you with grace. And that's why he says, not my will, but let thy will be done. Jesus had to do that same act yeah. of submission. You think it, it was it was easy for him to surrender his life? He said, oh, God, Lord, uh, God, uh, Heavenly Father, man, please take this cup from me. Yeah. So I had my take this cup from me moment. I don't want to do this, God. And then I had to say, but God, not my will, but let thy yeah. will be done. And then his grace covered me. Dude, I ain't ever been one to sit there and shout or run in the church, but <laughs> I'm telling you, you're going to make me jump up out of this seat or whatever. I, it's just, it's something special, man. I can tell you, I, I, I share with, with many people is that, that God is always speaking to us in one way yes. or another, whether it be we're sitting on the couch, eating on some popcorn, watching a TV commercial, yes. that he, he's going to reiterate the same message. Like it, the word of God is the word of God, but if we don't catch it from there, he gonna give he's going to give it to us another way. And so I, I just love moments like this because it's it's just almost that 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 cosigning of like okay God, I've already told you this. So what now, so what what has he been saying to you? Literally in regards to just the, the whole sexual topic and just when you think about surrendering, like you don't you don't want to just surrender parts of you. You want to yeah. surrender all of you. Yeah. And so that when you think about just that particular aspect, sex is a powerful thing. It is. Sex is a unifying thing. God created it to be a good thing a lot of time. And so when you know when I think about being in in the mix of it. Always in my mind, I'm like, Edwin, you know you're doing wrong, but then you're also justifying. Yeah, be like, and, hey. and you got to get, I got to get myself to a point where I'm even in that in that vein of doing it because I realize that that's where the perfect will of God exists. The that's perfect where will. the perfect flow of God exists because when I'm in, in 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 that flow, I think I even said it in the post. When I'm in that flow, that's when the things that the things that He wants to happen in our lives they happen. It's not just like the little blessings that go here and here. Yes. Because I, you know, when, when we think about the definition of a blessing, sometimes we'll, we'll look at it as the, the physical things that we receive. And, yeah. I, and I, of course, when growing up, I used to always think, oh, well, God blessed me and God this. Well, the blessing is already inside of you because he's yes. empowered you to be able to manifest certain things in your life. So when you think about it, if you're in that complete will in the way that he wants you to operate, it's almost like the Midas touch. Everything you touch is turns to gold. Because you're you're operating in his will. And so I've been struggling with that, dude. But I'm hearing you say it. And it's like, Edwin, dude, you you, you know you know what you got to do. You and then to hear you say about the grace that he gives you in regards to it, I like that. Because it's like, you know, when I think about the marathon again, I'm running and, and the pain moment hits. But the paramedic comes out. And that's almost like Jesus, a God, just coming out saying, I got you. <laughs> Are you hurting? But I got you, and you're going you're gonna to finish this race, and you're going to finish it strong. You're talking about you about to run. Let me tell you something. <laughs> I'm about to tear this whole studio. Let me tell you something. The grace, the paramedic will meet you. And, and in the Bible, he says that he's the great physician. Yeah. So the reality is there's no there's no hurt that he can't heal. Yeah, exactly. There's no situation that he can't 
that he can't walk us through. You know what I'm saying? And that's why the Bible says greater is he that is in me than he yeah, that's in the world. Right. So whatever we're battling against, yeah. you got you got you got your armed troops around. Yeah. You got the armed force. You got everybody. You got the military squad. You got everybody right. that, that that's going to fight your battle for you. And so that's the thing that I just want to encourage you. I didn't even realize that that was going to resonate to yeah. you like that or resonate with you like that. But uh, like I said, I'm, I'm I'll be your accountability yeah. partner when you want to walk through this. Yeah. Uh, because that's what God is calling us to be and the place that he wants us to walk in yeah. as kingdom men. We got to be different than just the typical man that's yeah, out there. Exactly. Uh, and like I said, God's grace will meet us there. So as you continue to walk through this healing journey, um, as you continue becoming the one for the one, uh, what does that look like? What does dating look like for you? You know, dating right now for me is... It's going to be, it's going to have to be really intentional. I can say right now it hasn't really taken place away. Oh, yeah. I, I've kind of gotten back into the flow of work and, and getting things, you know, going there. But uh, I, I would say that it's going to have to be something that's very intentional in, in regards to me, because I could say that when I think about past situations, I haven't been intentional the way that I should. Uh, and so moving forward, uh, I think even in the mix of just the self-care and me taking time for myself, I think if, if I allow myself just that time of, taking care of me a little bit, then I could truly invest in somebody else and say, okay, well, hey, let's do this and let's let's enjoy life together because, you know, there's just so much, I think, so much beauty in, in, in what God has provided us on this earth is that, you know, yeah, you could experience it alone, but I think there's there's a benefit in being unified with somebody yes. that you can grow with and and then, you know, grow old with. Yeah. Like I want to grow old with somebody. I want to I want to be an old chef in the kitchen, you know, <laughs> <laughs> you know, bring it, come in, come in and come shake on, it with some pancakes or you know what I mean? But I, I want to grow old with somebody. And uh, I think that's just a special thing. And, and I think moving forward, I just have to be. Uh, at that place of being intentional. The biggest word that I could ever use is, 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 is setting the right, right intentions with whoever it may be. They say that uh, a man knows. Do you think that you will know when you meet her? You know, that I've always heard that. And yeah. that, that, that's one of the things that I, I, I would like to say that, that will happen. It, it, you know, I because I overthink things sometimes, I, I think, Me you know, I, I, I found myself at a point like, God, look, is this a person or is yes. it going to be this or, <laughs> you know, I or then I sometimes I'll find something that may be wrong with them. Yeah. And it's like, dude, are you like nobody's going to be 100 percent perfect? Yes. That's what I first have to identify <laughs> yeah. is nobody's going to be perfect. But uh, I, I believe that a lot of times, you know, you will, yeah. because, you know, when when you think about, you know, God knows what it is you need. And, and God knows what it is that other person needs. And I believe that the moment that, um, you know, you tap in with that person, you know, I've heard a lot of my guys were like, dude, I just knew. Like, I talked to a good buddy of mine the other day mm -hmm. uh, that I deployed to Iraq with. And uh, he asked me, say, dude, are you ready? Like, are you really ready to get married? Like, he, he was coming from a place like, dude, are you really ready to sit down? Are you really ready to put away, you know, the childish things? Are you really ready to, to do what you have to do? And I said, dude, I, I believe that I am. You know, so, you know, him saying that, because like he's already married now and I, and he was the dude or whatever that was, was like, never gonna get married. I, I never, I was like, my man, Jay Simp ain't gonna ever get out there right now. But, <laughs> you know, but he, but he did. And he's a great, great guy, man. So I, you know, I, I got much love and respect for him for just even asking me that because it really put me in a place of stopping the thing like that one are you really ready and then when you say are you ready what does ready look like and what yes. is it what does it mean to be ready because we can say verbally we're ready but everything else is in shambles <laughs> exactly. so that's the reason why i say going back to that self-care and and when i say self-care breaking that down what does self-care look like you know the, the the therapy side of things making things you know in regards to relationship with my father that may not have uh, been the best because he wasn't a part of my life and and reestablishing relationship there 
for the sake of my son. Yeah. Because, it, you know, there are generational curses that exist. And I believe that now, you know, as much as I didn't want to be that person, um, to have to break those, it's like God saying, no, dude, you the person. Yeah. Your daddy ain't going to pick up their phone or whatever and say, son, I love you, son, this, son, that. You're going to have to be that person. There it is. Or you may be the person to have to, you know, whatever that generational curse is. It's like sometimes we have to identify that as much as we don't want to accept that mantle, sometimes the mantle is put on us because God has gifted us in a certain area to be able to to, to, to change the, the the dynamic of the way fa- our family has been. And I'm definitely, you know, I'm, I'm all on board with doing that with mine right now. Hey, when you're preaching, it's the same thing I walked through last episode, last week episode, we talked about that in Hill Brother Hill too. Uh, I talked to my son about that. Um, Armani were very open about uh, that I adopted him about yeah. a year ago, a year and a half ago. And I told him that I allowed him to keep his last name yeah. uh, because I said, it's your job to change the trajectory That's of it. your father's last name. That's it. And I said, you've experienced a lot of hurt and pain. I said, that mantle is on you now. Yeah. And uh, you're the remnant. And so, um, and this sister cried, she came to the uh, adoption and she was just like, wow. She just looked over at me when the judge, cause they asked you a series of questions. They say, are you are saying that you want him to keep his last name? Mm-hmm. And I said, yes, your honor. And she just looked at me. She said, thank you. Mm-hmm. You know, and I told her after that, I said, it's because it's his job. Exactly. I understand the mandate. Uh, and I believe he's going to be exceptional with it. Uh, so, um, listen, man, I'm looking forward to seeing what happens with you. Can't wait to you, uh, bring that love into your life, bring that woman into your life. I definitely want to invite you back on the podcast when you do. Uh, How can people reach out to you on social media? Drop your social media handle. So my uh, social media, Instagram is Chefs in the City 713. uh, And you can find me also on Facebook, uh, Chefs in the City 713 as well. Uh, Twitter, I just finally created a Twitter account. So, you know, my my, my, my friends are, you know, they jokingly call me Hollywood. So my, 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 uh, My alias right now, my alter ego is Hollywood Hollywood Henderson. Hollywood Hollywood Henderson. Henderson. So it's Edwin Hollywood, a.k.a. Hollywood Henderson. There it is, Hollywood Henderson. Uh, So definitely. But you're most active on Instagram, right? I'm most active on Instagram. Yeah, so that's where your DM is on fire. Yeah, it's it's, 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 it's completely full right now. So so, so what happens when, uh, real quick, when somebody reaches out to you on, on IG, do you even respond to a lot of them? Or what? I, I will be honest. I say I do. I, I gradually try to respond. And that's why when I do these cooking lives, uh, I know that there have been a lot of people that say, oh, I sent you a message. You never responded. I I try to make it my point to be able to to respond back because I feel like there's been times that I've reached out to people, maybe not necessarily anybody that's been on TV, but there's been local chefs in the city yeah. of Houston that are well known. And when I first got into the industry, you know, there was something that I gravitated to in regards to how they operated business wise. And I just wanted to kind of pick yeah. their mind. Never responded. Now, maybe they didn't get the message, yeah. but I told myself I didn't want to be the person that just didn't respond That's or I, I feel like I'm so out of touch. Yeah. Because I tell people, I say, I'm a regular person like the rest of you all yeah. on the same journey of trying to to walk in what God desires for me. Uh, and so I try, even if it's somebody, a lady that's trying to shoot her shot, Yeah, I may say, you know, she may send pictures or something and I say, oh, lovely, you know, thank you for the pictures, lovely pictures. But, you know, I, you shoot your shot all day long until yeah. you hear swish. You know, may not, you may not necessarily hear swish with me, but, you know, I, I, I try to show love back because yeah. I'm going to be honest with you, dude. I've gotten on a, a lot of love from men too. A lot of love in regards to, me being transparent on the show. And so I didn't think it was going to have that kind of, you know, impact. Uh, But it's great to see that 
even though they only showed me in that one, you know, particular light that it, it, it resonated with so many people yeah. that, you know, and women are saying, hey, I, I struggle with just being open and honest. But now because of watching you on the show, uh, I'm at a place now where I'm opening up more. Or I'm sharing my, my feelings more. Or I'm actually getting ready to go into therapy because I really feel like I need to do X, X, X Y and Z. So and that's the reason why I invited you. Yeah. Because that resonated with me um, And the women that you Were building connections with I thought that you were even choosing From a wise standpoint You know, even trying to connect with Joy Joy yeah. seems like a pretty solid woman Amazing woman, person, absolutely amazing But she woman. seems very solid yeah. And so I was like, okay, alright, I see I see how you're moving And then when you were transparent enough to be vulnerable In that scene with her, I said, yeah. I want to talk to that brother Yeah, I, I told myself, why You know, go into a situation uh, and, and not be 100% authentic on who I am. Um, I never in a million years saw myself doing a reality show. It wasn't like yeah. I was like, you know, I wasn't a craving person. Like, oh, I'm, I really got to be on a reality show. <laughs> yeah. You know, some people may desire that. Yeah. Uh, I honestly had not responded to whoever the uh, the talent scout was or, you know, was searching yeah. uh, when, they, when they sent me a message in my IG account. Uh, and then eventually I responded. I said, you know what? I said, it's 2020. I said, you know, the Rona is here. Yeah, I yeah. said, Godzilla may attack in 2021. Yeah. We don't know what's going to happen. So I say, I'll, I'll just take the opportunity. I say, I'm not in a relationship. Uh, and, and I honestly believe that it was a part of the whole plan that God wanted me on. Yeah. Because like when I think about like how you shared things today uh, that have just kind of touched my spirit, there were things that were shared while I was on the show in conversation with the men and in conversation with Joy and, yes. and, and with, with, with Rashid. There were so many of those moments Hat, it makes me wonder. Okay, well, would I have gotten that same, you know, thought process from somebody else back at home? It was like it was intended. It was intended. It was intended for that. Because that's what when God says, "I will order your steps." The yeah. steps of a righteous man are ordered. He'll have you move to where you need to move to hear this conversation over here, to move over yeah. here, to hear that conversation, and then because you was on that show, it brought you on this podcast for you to yeah. hear this conversation, yeah, and exactly. you and I are gonna stay connected. Yeah, yeah. And so it's just this is how God is. Yeah. You know, especially if you're a man of God. He has to move like that right, on our exactly. behalf. And so, uh, man, I'm, I'm excited for you. Uh, best of luck with your business. I speak blessings on Appreciate your business. It. I want God to anoint it um, and just blow that doggone thing through the water. Just blow I it up. I received that, And, man. I and you get that. so much business, you can't handle it. Yeah. Hey, y'all give it up for Edwin Henderson. Appreciate you, man. Pleasure being on. Yes, sir. Discover. Uncover. Recover love. With the new Dear Future Collection. The journey starts from within. Let your inner thoughts find freedom on the pages of this richly hued Dear Future Blue Sapphire Edition Genuine Leather Journal. It features a cross-stitched spine and luxurious cording to bind your deepest insights. A great accompaniment is the Dear Future Luxury Bamboo Fountain Pen. There's nothing more intentional than the writing process of a fountain pen. This is an elegant writing work of art. Join the thriving community of fountain pen enthusiasts and purchase one today. These exclusive items and more are available at dearfuturewifey.com. I really enjoyed uh, talking to Edwin. Thank you, Edwin, for showing up as your authentic self. I really, really found value in this conversation that we had. Well, uh, in the month of February, I decided to write a poem to my future wifey and celebrate her and honor her um, for the month of February, since this is the month of love. 
And so this is the second installment of Love Edition. We'll just call that Love Edition. We just made that up. Dear future wifey, this Valentine's Day has got me in my feelings. Your love got me like Lionel, I'm dancing on the ceiling. Your beautiful curves are so appealing. Our cards are on the table, let's start dealing. I'm willing to debunk my masculinity, embrace your femininity, love you to infinity with my body, soul, and spirit, that's a trinity. Are you hearing me? Said that's a trinity. Go ahead and cheer with me. I'll lay hands on you whether praying or playing. Feel what I'm saying. Cuddle up beside your sexy body when we're laying. If you don't get your cold feet off my leg, girl, I'm playing. This is until death do we part, so I'm staying. You and me, 10,000 demons we are slaying. Look that up in Deuteronomy. Our love is an anomaly. We have complete autonomy, loving each other honestly. Queen, let's build this dynasty. We throwing Ain't no rivalry. Our destiny was meant to be. I can't wait till you marry me. I can't wait till you marry me. Our love will become the personification of this poetry. Your future hub. Thank you for listening to the Dear Future Wifey podcast. Remember, be lit. Live intentionally and transparently. And don't stop loving. Make sure to subscribe to our Dear Future Wifey YouTube channel. We're available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and Stitcher. We welcome your support. Simply share our podcast with your friends and family.